Good morning. Welcome on this Sunday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We are continuing our study on the name of God and specifically the name of Jesus or the names of God and titles. And uh, we're going to continue our thought on that. How vast and what is the extent that the name of Jesus covers the power that is vested behind that name. When he was here on earth walking, everything that he did, he did in the Father's name. But when the disciples went out, and what they did uh, during the time that he was walking with them before he had been glorified and ascended up into heaven... Uh, he had given them a right to use his name. And in that name, they were casting out devils, raising the dead, healing the sick, curing the lepers. They were doing all these things. But when Jesus was glorified, the extent of that name, the coverage, the amplitude, the, the amount of area in heaven, on earth, and underneath the earth, that that name and that power of the name covered is extremely, extremely great. And if we look at what the scripture has to say about some of these things, let's look first at Ephesians. In chapter 1, verse 19, the scripture says, and it's talking about the church and what Jesus had done, uh, how God had resurrected him and, and accomplished a, a mighty work. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? How great is this? This awesome power, the power behind his name, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority that had been vested in him. To usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. In Ephesians 1.20, which he worked or he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now notice, Jesus is seated in the realm of heavenly places. The word there that is used uh, in the Greek is 2032. And what that basically means is it's going to show up several times. Because in Ephesians, in chapter 1, in verse 3, it says that we are seated. Every blessing that has been given to us in heavenly places, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So that, in other words, there is an authority vested in us, delegated because of the name of Jesus, while we're here on earth. In other words, is just as much authority and power in the heavens as it is here on earth. And then it says how great, how exceedingly powerful, what is the extent of his name? Well, in verse number 21 of Ephesians 1.21, that name and the power extends above all principality. Anything that is chief in rank or in place or in order or in time, Jesus is above and before that. And he has preeminence over everything. Why? Because before anything was, he was. He simply was in the beginning. He was with God and he was God. So the scripture says he has been set far above all principality, all chiefs, all things that are exalted as number one. 
So anything here on earth that they say we're number one or whatever, take a, take a number and you're number two. In comparison to Jesus, Jesus is number one. He has preeminence over everything. He says, God set him above all power. And the word their power is exousia, which means above all authority. And above all might. Now the word there for might is the word dunamis, which means miracle working power. Whether it's the devil trying to accomplish or fool or deceive or dilute uh, the the human the human race, Jesus's power is above that, and it also says not only above all principality, all principality, all principalities, and powers, and power and might and dominion. Anything that is considered a dominion would be rulers or governments. He is above every government on the earth. When you read the book of Daniel, it talks about Daniel explaining, <clears throat> explaining and saying that God is above. Uh, 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 he is principal above all governments, about everyone. In fact, Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords, even right now. He rules from heaven until the church is raptured up and then the Millennium takes place that we come back to earth to rule with him on the actual planet. So it says, he has set him far above all dominion and every name that is named. So whatever the name of a thing is, whatever it's named or called, the name of Jesus is above that. Not only in this age, notice, uh, I'm not talking about the planet, but in the age that we live in, because the time that the apostles lived was a different, uh, a very different age compared to the age of technology that we live in uh, today, uh, compared to the medieval age, ages, in other words, these periods of time. But in them all, the church age and the age of the Holy Spirit has continued to flow in a linear linear manner uh, even up until today so not only every name that is named <clears throat> in this age but also in that age which is to come so that means even in the millennium the name of Jesus is going to continue to exercise all power and all authority and all rule over all government, whether it's civil government, whether it's local government, whether it's national government, he will have preeminence, he will have dominion over every single government on the planet, both now and in the age to come. So consider that. And then it says in Ephesians 1.22, this is the exciting part. All of this has been given to Jesus. And now he has put all things under his feet. And, has, and God has also given him to be the head over all things to the church. I'll read it again. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. 
Jesus, Jesus is the head of everything, but that power has been delegated over to the church. Do you understand what that means to us as believers here on earth? It means that just as Jesus walked the earth, the entire church of Jesus Christ, his body, corporately, has his fullness indwelling them. Just like it pleased the Father to have all his fullness indwell in Jesus, it has pleased God to put all of this under Jesus and then to give it to the church, which we are. That's an awesome statement. Look at this. It says in Colossians in chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, that he's the very image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, by Christ, in the beginning was the word. By him all things were made and everything that was created was made by him. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Notice that. Whether you can see it or not. He created it. That does not mean that he created sin and he created the devil. He created Lucifer, the archangel, the chief of the angels. Just like Michael, the archangel, the chief of what he rules over. And the scripture says whether it's visible or invisible or whether they be thrones. Thrones is a very interesting word. Because it literally means it is the seat of power. It is the place from where an individual rules. So there is the throne of God. There is the throne where the Lord Jesus Christ himself sits. There is the throne of the 24 elders that are mentioned in the scripture. But there's also other thrones. And of course, uh, we probably will not have time to cover all this in this study, but it'll be coming up in the other ones. It says, whether they be thrones or whether they be dominions, dominions, rulers, any type of ruler, any type of government, any type of mastery that they have, Jesus is above that. Or whether they be principalities, or whether they be powers, that means authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. We have to remember according to the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, that he's upholding the entire existence of the universe, the entire existence of everything, by the word of his power. He sustains it by his rhema. That which he has spoken. And then it says in Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body. The church. Who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have preeminence. So Jesus is first. He's first in our lives. He's first in our families. He's first in our jobs. He's first in everything. We cannot give him the title of my co-pilot. He is the pilot. He is the one that's steering our lives through and by the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Then it says in Colossians in chapter 1 verse 19, it pleased God the, or it pleased the Father that in him, in Christ, all fullness dwell. Well, just like all fullness dwells in Christ, God has given to Christ that all the fullness of Christ dwell in the body of Christ, in the church. Now, when we compare the book of Colossians chapter 1, and verse 16, and we read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, these three scriptures, or these three chapters, all talk about principalities and powers and or mights or rulers of darkness, dominions, spiritual wickednesses, and whatever name that is named, dominions and thrones, all of these things are mentioned in these three scriptures. But notice in the book of Ephesians in chapter 6, it specifically identifies what our spiritual warfare is against. So we have to understand the basis of this. It says in chapter 6, verse 10, 11, and 12, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Remember, the enemy had an armor in which he trusted, which Jesus spoiled, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not. Now, that word wrestle uh, is an uh, is important word because it consists of, and it talks about literally wrestling in competition or in battle against something or someone. Now, it says in the scripture that one of the one of the individuals I can't even pronounce his name but we'll we'll get to it the bible says that he continually was fervent in prayer for the church there at Philippi and the word there fervent is the word exact same word wrestle he would wrestle fervently he would wrestle in prayer. Here is an example where we actually find, because a lot of people, I don't understand this, what's this wrestling in prayer? All you got to do is just ask God. No. The Bible says that Jacob wrestled with the angel. And the Bible says that Paul travailed until Christ was formed again in the church of Galatia. And here we have this individual wrestling in prayer that they might be blessed, that they might be freed, that they may continue. But we'll be getting to that. So we see that it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses. Notice it doesn't say dominions, and it does not say thrones. And that's going to be very important when we come up in our study on Monday, when we cover this basis. Until then, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance, and may He fill you, give you, and overflow you with peace. In Jesus' name, Amen.